Hi, I'm Gregory Dickow, and thanks for joining me on today's podcast. If you're one of our regular listeners, thank you for your continued journey with me. My prayer is that each and every message touches your heart and helps you encounter the real Jesus and rise to your true worth and purpose. Now, we release new messages every single week available to everyone in the world for absolutely free. And the reason we can do that is because we have precious people who give generously and sacrificially each and every week. If you're a regular giver, I'm truly thankful for you. I can't thank you enough, in fact. And if you haven't taken that step yet, I want to invite you to join us today. Simply visit lifechangerschurch.com slash give. That's lifechangerschurch.com slash give to make a one-time gift or even better yet, become a recurring giver here at Life Changers. Finally, I hope today's message truly encourages you, builds you up, and reveals to you how powerful you really are. Enjoy and God bless. Welcome to Life Changers International Church. I want to agree with you in prayer for your breakthrough today. Father, we thank you that every single one of us will experience the breakthrough that is needed in our lives. We ask you for it. We receive financial breakthroughs. We receive physical and health breakthroughs. We receive emotional breakthroughs, family, relational breakthroughs. Most of all, a breakthrough in our relationship with you that will simply catapult us to your best and greatest days for our lives, beginning today in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I want to talk to you today about the six most powerful words that I've ever experienced in my life. The six words that are my go to words when I'm afraid. These are the six words that I declare when I've failed. These are the six words that I declare when others have failed me. These are the six words that I go to when life has failed me, when the enemy comes against me, when darkness is all around me, when I feel like giving up, when I have given up, when I cross the line, when I never thought I would cross the line or the line I thought I could never come back from when I feel like going on and when I feel like not going on. These six words have sustained me. These six words have maintained me. These six words have rescued me. These six words have given me hope. These six words have gotten me this far. And these six words will carry me all the way home. What are these six words? I have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. I want you to say that right now. You don't even know the power of it yet, but say it anyway. I have a covenant with God. Do you know when Jesus took the cup and he said, this is the blood of my new covenant. Remember that in Mark, Chapter 14, verse 24 and several other places in scripture. He then goes on to say, this is the cup. This is the blood of my new covenant poured out for many. Yes, poured out for many people, but also poured out for many promises. You see, the word covenant means to cut where blood flows, to cut where blood flows. Why? Because blood is life. Blood is the guarantee of life. Therefore, blood is the guarantee of God's life, God's promises. When Jesus said in John, Chapter 19, verse 30, it is finished. Tetelestai. It was because the blood covenant had been completed at that moment. 
It was because when he said it is finished, the old covenant was over and the new covenant had been inaugurated. Throughout history, God has made covenants with man. The strongest form of agreement, the strongest form of contract, the strongest form of a promise is made with blood. It's still practiced in some of the remotest places on Earth. But in the more developed regions, we've replaced it with breakable contracts. But a covenant is an unbreakable bond. When Jesus when Jesus sheds his blood, the secret that the devil didn't realize was that God was making a new covenant with man, just as David was the covenant representative for Israel against Goliath, who was the covenant representative for the Philistines. So whoever wins, wins for their entire country whom they represent. In Genesis chapter 17, verse one through eight, I want to read this scripture to you. When Abraham, when God says to Abraham, who at that time is Abram, it says Abram was 90. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I am almighty God, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations and I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations with you and of you and kings shall come from you. And God goes on to say in verse seven, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant. How long is that for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your descendants or to your seed after you? And God goes on to say to Abraham in verse nine, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Notice God establishes this covenant with Abraham, not based on something, some rules that Abraham keeps, but based on blood that is shed. He goes on to say, he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every mare, mare, male child in your generations, he who is born in your house or bought with money from a foreigner who is not your descendant, he who is born in your house and he who is bought with money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. You see, back to the point about there being a covenant representative. This is why David said in first Samuel, chapter 17, verse 26, he says something very powerful. He spoke to the men that stood by him, saying, what should be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine 
that he should taunt the armies of the living God. Notice what he calls him, an uncircumcised Philistine. It has nothing to do with him being a Philistine. It has everything to do with him being uncircumcised. In other words, uncircumcised means he has no covenant with God. We have a covenant with God through Jesus and the devil doesn't. We have a covenant with God and your sickness doesn't. We have a covenant with God and your brokenness doesn't. We have a covenant with God and your debt does not have a covenant with God. You see, when Jesus died, he was representing God and he was representing man. There has to be a covenant representative, right? But a covenant is inaugurated through blood. And God, through Jesus, Jesus being 100 percent God and 100 percent man, all at the same time, God establishes his covenant with us by using Jesus as both the representative on God's party and the representative of our party, the representative of heaven and the representative of earth, the son of God and the son of man. You see, this is why it says in first Corinthians, chapter two, verse eight, when it talks about the crucifixion of Jesus, which none of the princes listen to this, he says, none of the princes or the rulers of this world knew for had they known it, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. Had they known that his blood was going to put into existence a covenant between God and us so that we could say, I have a covenant with God and it's not based on me fulfilling any part of that. It's completely based on the on Jesus fulfilling it on behalf of God and Jesus fulfilling it on behalf of man. I'm simply and you simply are the benefactors. Woo! You're the benefactor of Jesus making this covenant between the father and the son and revealing it to each one of us by the Holy Spirit, God's blood and man's blood mingled together, establishing a covenant. The moment Jesus blood was shed, you know, a covenant is the strongest form of agreement, right? A contract can be broken. A covenant cannot. Hebrews chapter nine, verse 16 tells us about this. It says a covenant is of no effect until there is the death of the one who made it. To put exactly in the words of Hebrews chapter nine in verse 16, in the case of a covenant, which is the same word as the word will. So a last will or testament. So he says in the case of a covenant or will or testament, it is necessary to establish the death of the one who made it. How many know when you have a loved one that leaves a will, the will doesn't go into effect until that person dies. That's why Jesus died, not just to save us from our sins, but so that the will would go. God's will, God's covenant would go into effect. Verse 17 goes on to say, because a will does not take effect until the one who made it has died. It cannot be executed while he is still alive. That is why it says in verse 18, that is why even the first covenant was not put into effect without blood. Now, that was the blood of animals. But see, this is what the devil is trying to blind people from seeing. He's trying to blind you from seeing. He doesn't mind us being religious. 
But when you understand the covenant that God made with you, the devil runs. You know, the Bible says the devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus said, but I've come that you would have life and abundance to the overflow till it till it's filled to overflowing. So. While the devil continues to try to bring death and destruction to your life and mine, you need to know something. He has no power to succeed because he doesn't have a covenant with God. And guess who does? You do. And guess who keeps it? Jesus keeps it. Jesus established it with his blood. It is settled forever. That's why he could say in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, as a prophetic verse for each and every one of us, behold, I give you authority. Look at this powerful verse. Luke chapter 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I like that word nothing here. It means nothing. It's similar to the verse in Isaiah 54, verse 17, where he says no weapon. How many weapons? No weapon. How many weapons? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. How many will prosper? No weapon formed against you. How many will be formed against you? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how many are formed against you. Guess how many of them will prosper? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You got to understand why. If you just go around quoting, well, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. But you don't understand your legal right to that promise. It's a covenant right. It's established in blood. When somebody breaks a contract, you go to them and you say, you you broke this contract, I'm taking you to court. And that might go one way or the other. But when you say. I have a covenant with God. It cannot be altered. It cannot be broken. It cannot be changed. It is settled forever, established forever in heaven, in earth, under the earth. And the devil now knows it. Had he known it at the time, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. He knows it now, though. You better believe it. If he hadn't known it by the time I came around, he knows it now because I've made it clear and you can make it clear to the devil too. Submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. Submit to what about God? Submit to the covenant that God made for you through the blood of Jesus so that you can now say, I have a covenant with God and no weapon formed against me will prosper. And that word is all inclusive and definite. It covers every aspect of our lives, whether it's weapons of fear, weapons of sickness, weapons of disease, weapons of of viruses, weapons of debt, weapons of emotional pressure, weapons of terror and fear, weapons of financial pressure or stress. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Now, let me show you how this promise comes to pass and how this promise is legally yours when you understand the power of this blood covenant first. We need to understand God's previous covenant, the first covenant, though what is referred to as the old covenant or the Old Testament, which is not just the scriptures of the Old Testament. It is the old covenant established on the blood of animals. Here it is in Exodus chapter 12. The children of Israel are commanded by God to kill a lamb and put the blood over the doorposts of their houses so that when the plague of death came to strike down the firstborn of each house, it would pass over them. 
That's why it's called the Passover. And God says in verse 13, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. You see, God honored the blood of a lamb. He brought divine protection to the children of Israel through the blood of the Passover lamb. This is understood as a blood covenant. This is the old covenant. But not only do we need to understand the old covenant, we need to understand God's new covenant, which applies to us because the old covenant is no longer the one that applies to us. We get the same. We get the old covenant promises, but we don't have to shed old covenant blood because we have a new covenant Passover lamb named Jesus in first Corinthians, chapter five, verse seven. Look at what it says. Jesus Christ is called our Passover lamb. So he is to us what the Passover lamb of Exodus was to the children of Israel. It was divine protection, divine deliverance from plagues, from destruction, from bondage. But our covenant is not something that has to be enforced once a year, as they did for the old covenant. The new covenant is once and for all in Hebrews, chapter nine, verse 11. Look at this, he says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is not of this creation. Verse 12, neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood, he entered into the holy place once having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the purifying of the flesh, how much more? Woo, you see how powerful this is? How much more the blood of the eternal covenant through the everlasting covenant through the Passover lamb. You say, well, it's not Passover. Why are we talking about this? Because every day is Passover for you and me when we have a revelation of this new covenant through the blood of Jesus. Now, the difference between these Passover lambs or these covenants in Hebrews chapter eight, verse six, what is the difference? It says that Jesus has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. Notice the difference between the old covenant, which is very powerful and effective versus the new covenant. The new covenant is more excellent. It is a better covenant. It has better promises. You know, when you go to the store and you see a product like laundry detergent that says it's new and improved, it means simply this, that it has to at least do what the old product could do. And then some when we accept, when we believe we have the blood of Jesus, we must understand that that new covenant will do at least as much deliverance as the old one did. And so much more. This is a better covenant with better promises established by 
better blood so that you can expect better results. Listen to me, the children of Israel enjoyed supernatural protection from the enemies of death and terror. They enjoyed supernatural deliverance from the most ferocious army in the world, the Egyptians. The children of Israel enjoyed the plundering of Egyptians' wealth, which was transferred into the hands of Israel. The children of Israel, the children of Israel enjoyed health and healing. We can enjoy all of these things and then some. In the midst of the financial distress in the economy, you can enjoy divine provision. In the midst of sickness and disease, you can enjoy divine health. In the midst of terror and plagues, you can enjoy and experience divine protection because you have better blood than the old covenant blood. And we have better promises than the old covenant promises and we have a better lamb than the old covenant lambs that had to be sacrificed once a year. This lamb, the lamb of God, who was once and for all. Now, how do we walk in this better covenant with these better promises? It's very simple. We need to declare it out of our mouths. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In Romans chapter 10, verse 10, it says with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, deliverance, that word salvation there. It means deliverance, wholeness, protection. Declare it. The blood of Jesus protects us, delivers us, prospers us. This wasn't our idea. This was God's idea. We need to know that this covenant went into effect the day that Jesus died on the cross. That's why he said it's finished. Hebrews chapter 917 again for a testament, a covenant is only in force after the man dies who made the covenant since it has no power at all while the testator lives. It only has power when he dies now. Once he dies, he rose from the dead. But as soon as he died, it put into effect the covenant. It put into effect the covenant. God put it into existence through the blood of Jesus. We put it into act, into action. We put it into activity. We put it into effect. We put it into operation by speaking it. When you confess Jesus, you were saved. You didn't make Jesus Lord. God made him Lord. You just agreed with him. Now we can come boldly to the throne of God's grace and make our request known to God. The scripture says, therefore, brethren, look at this beautiful verse in Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest place by the blood of Jesus. We can go to God at any time by the blood. By the blood. Listen, the devil's a liar. He's going to tell you you don't have a covenant with God. That was for Abraham. Well, look at Galatians chapter three, verse twenty nine. It says if we belong to Christ. We're Abraham's seed. Galatians chapter three, verse twenty nine. It says if we belong to Christ, we're Abraham's seed heirs 
according to the promise. The Bible says Christ crucified. It says in Galatians chapter three, verse 13, let me read this to you. Galatians chapter three, verse 13. It's so powerful. You got to just let this sink in. Woo. Love this verse so much. Christ redeemed us. Galatians chapter three, verse 13, Christ redeemed us. That means he bought us back. He redeemed us from the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? All of the curses under the old covenant came upon mankind through man's disobedience. And all of the promises could only come to mankind through their obedience. So guess what? There are a lot of people living in the curses, not a lot of people living in the promises back then. But Jesus has become our sacrifice. So he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us so that we would be made the righteousness of God. By Jesus dying on the cross, it says cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Jesus took the curse of the law for us. See, it's the curse of poverty, the curse of disease, the curse of losing your family, the curse of of sickness, the curse of fear. All of these curses are written in Deuteronomy chapter 28. So how do we get the blessings instead of the curses? Look at what it says. Galatians 3:13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for curse is one that hangs on a tree that the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles so that we could receive the promises of the spirit by faith, by faith in what? By faith in our faith, by faith in our faithfulness. No, by faith in his blood. We have boldness to enter the holiest place by the blood of Jesus. We come into the holy of holies by the blood of Jesus. We don't come through our thanksgiving. Doesn't the Bible say in Psalms come into his house through thanksgiving? No, he says come with thanksgiving. We come through the blood. And because of the blood, we come with thanksgiving because of the blood. We we bring our gratitude. We don't get into God's presence through our gratitude. We get into his presence through the blood of Jesus. Well, you need to hold fast to this declaration because the devil's going to try to talk you out of it. Well, you failed and you blew it and you're cursed and you deserve this curse and your family had this curse. We're redeemed from all those curses. Christ redeemed us. He bought us back from the curse of the law, how he became a curse for us, how by hanging on the tree so that what would happen so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon each and every one of us, because if we belong to Christ, we're Abraham's descendants and heirs, according to all that covenant promise. And what do we see in Abraham's life in Genesis chapter 24? You say, oh, well, how, how, how do I know what this blessing will cover in my life? How, how, how will I know and how can I be sure that it's not just a spiritual blessing, but it's well, let's just let the Bible speak for itself. Genesis chapter 24, verse one. Now, Abraham was old, well advanced in years, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. The Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. 
You know, we have to really be clear. What does all things represent? Do all things include spiritual things? Yes. Do all things include physical things? Yes. Does all things include family things? Yes. Does all things include health things? Yes. Does all things include financial things? Yes. And God, Abraham was old and the Lord had blessed him in all things. And because you belong to Christ, guess how you became belonging to Christ? He bought you with his blood. He redeemed us with his blood. He owns us. He bought us not to make us slaves, but to make us family. And he bought us with his own blood so that we could now have all of the blessing of relationship and fellowship with God, of the goodness and the promises of God, of the healing and the health of God, of the wisdom and the understanding of God of the love and the joy and the peace of God, the answered prayers that God promised that Jesus said, because we abide in the vine, whatever we ask, we receive of him. We abide in the vine, meaning we are in Christ because we're in Christ. If any man is in Christ, when you're born again, you're in Christ. You're never going to come out of him ever again. You'll always be in him and he'll always be in you the moment you accept him because it all happened when he said it is finished and the blood was shed to inaugurate the will. So when we read the Bible, instead of reading what we have to do and what we have to fix and what we have to stop and what we have to change, let's read it just like a lawyer who reads the reading of a will to the family members of the one who died and left in his will a list of promises and a list of possessions that were once his that are now passed on to the ones he loves after his death. In Hebrews chapter nine, after Jesus died, he's passed on to us all of his promises, all of his blessings, all of his power, all of his spirit, all of his promises are yes in Christ Jesus. When you feel like giving up, remember, I have a covenant with God. When you feel like throwing in the towel, remember, I have a covenant with God. When you actually have thrown in the towel, remember, I have a covenant with God. When you feel like this sickness will never change, you declare, I have a covenant with God. What is it based on? The blood of Jesus. What does it guarantee? All of the promises of God are yes, and amen in Christ Jesus. Let me pray for you. If you've never received Jesus into your life, pray this simple prayer out loud after me and everybody pray this. You're at home. Pray this. Let's join together with those that may be praying this for the first time coming into the family of God. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my savior. I believe. Come on, say that out loud. I believe Jesus is the son of God. He is risen from the dead. His blood was shed for me. Say it out loud. His blood was shed for me so that now I have a relationship with God. And now I have a covenant with God. And how long will that covenant last? Everlasting from now unto eternity. And it is an unbreakable covenant, according to Psalm 89, through the blood 
of Jesus. Congratulations if you prayed that prayer. Would you let me know so that we can get you this book, The Power of a New Life? You can download it for free anywhere in the world if you prayed that prayer or you just never got a copy of this. When you receive Jesus as your savior, download this anywhere in the world. The power of a new life. You can go to lifechangerschurch.com slash salvation and just follow the promptings. And this book can be downloaded absolutely free anywhere in the world. It's my gift to you until our next service. I love you. God loves you. And everything is going to be all right. God bless. Well, thank you again so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm praying that God is using this message to speak to you today. And I want to encourage you right now, if Life Changers is one of the platforms from which you're growing spiritually and you feel blessed and empowered by the content here, I want to ask you to go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give and become one of the givers, one of the people that is changing lives with me around the world. Become a greater part of what God is doing. Become a part of something bigger than just you or bigger than just me. What God is doing around the world through this ministry. You can give a one-time gift or become a recurring giver. Remember, the church is not a place. It's a people. Let's work together as the church to bring more people into the family of God. Go to lifechangerschurch.com slash give to give or click the link in the description. And thank you in advance. Remember, God's not mad at you. He is mad about you. He's in love with you and he is on your side. God bless.